On today's show, we speak to a technology company who's selling to custom home builders and pros. And what I love about this episode is they bring really great marketing and sales advice to manufacturers on how you can be more successful in understanding this niche audience. They share really smart micro tactics as well as large macro ideas that are going to help you be more successful in your strategy and selling to this group of people. Let's get into the show. Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, everybody, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolov. We've got a great show lineup for you today. Man, we really do have a great show. We are really excited to welcome Steve Yates. He is the president of BuildExact North America. Steve, thank you so much for taking your time to talk with us today. Oh, you're welcome, Beth. Happy to be here. I'd love if you would just take a few minutes and share a bit about yourself, your background, and tell us a bit about BuildExact as well. Uh, yeah, so I have about, well, I'll squint here, 25 to 30 years experience in the building materials supply industry. I'm a non-executive chairman of a company that continues to supply building materials on a worldwide basis. Last year, we did just shy of $15 million X-Works value from about 150 different factories from the Middle East all the way down to the southern tip of America's. A couple of years ago, I pivoted and I'm now actively involved and spend all of my time, in, in fact, a little bit more than all of my time, on BuildExact. BuildExact is a construction management program for custom home builders and remodelers. BuildExact's about 10 years old. It began in Australia. We launched in North America last February to quite extraordinary results. We've had a fantastic 12 months and it's delightful to see that the Pain points that the builders and contractors have here are the same as in our more mature markets. The unique thing about what BuildExact does is firstly, it understands the supply chain and the, and the importance and the relationship of the building materials supply chain to the success of the custom home builders and remodelers, which is a significant market, of course. So it's, a very, it's very good to have that perspective to see the industry both from the factory floor and from the end user demand. It's quite an interesting perspective. So your target audience is primarily the contractor, the pro, and then a small home builder. Like they're not going to do more than what? Like 10 to 20 homes max in a year? Yeah. Well, yeah, they might not be called small, but yeah, they're usually doing, yeah, they have an average uh, project value of just shy of 200,000 and they do generally 10 projects a year would, would be the wheelhouse. And out of curiosity, I mean, we all know that like the big pain points in the market today, which is like supply, supply and cost and then more supply. <laughs> what are some of the things that you're hearing from them? Like when you're talking to them, in addition to the pain points that you all are trying to solve, what are some of the things that you're hearing in the industry that, you know, maybe most manufacturers and those in the building product space are not aware of that these individuals are struggling with? I'll qualify my comments. Uh, first of all, you know, I think people argue whether Henry Ford actually said this or not, but the quote is, you know, if I ask people what they want, they just want a faster horse, right? So we got to be careful sometimes when we ask them. I mean, we, we do understand these people really well. They will say to you that time is 
the thing they're most deficient in. Or we will say in our team, we're selling time to people who are time poor, right? So that has significant implications because most people would think price, right? But in fact, there are so many things that you can do as a, a manufacturer or a distribution channel to serve these customers to have them go past price into other attributes, other benefits. I can't remember the number exactly, but it's extraordinary high percentage of projects in construction are not completed on time. And if you're a contractor, there's no better way to eat your overhead and profit than be late on project delivery. I would love to know the percentage because like you, you just said that they don't finish on time. I'll it on my file. I yeah. just, you know, like, <laughs> I, I can throw it out there, but I do have that number. Yeah. It's funny because it's like you say it and everyone, most people listening are like, yeah, of course, of course it's not done on time. Yeah. Like you almost have like this mental note, like my contractor says it's going to be done this date. I really hope it's done by. <laughs> yeah. I really hope it's done by this date. Yeah. And I think from a manufacturing point of view, looking at construction specifically, I think it's very important for us. That I'm going to shift it altogether now, but it's very important for us to understand that when somebody builds a building, they have residual liability for quite some time. And so that makes them very sticky with existing means and methods. So if you're a manufacturer listening and you're trying to bring innovative product to the market, you have to really understand that it's the risk equation that the, that the contractor is going to be making when looking at bringing new means and methods into their job. Does their labor know how to install? If they have no history, are they increasing their risk quotient on their project? So this market is inherently stubborn in their means and methods. And so you have to develop tools around addressing that risk element for them. Build is that we have a number of tools developed in the program that, that allow suppliers to actually go and engage with the builder in that process. So when you're delivering a product idea to them, you're also controlling means and methods and guiding installation specifications, etc., that allow you to make it more likely or more probable than not that the contractor will take the risk on the new technology. Really, really important piece. Yeah, we even hear from contractors who kind of get annoyed by manufacturers who are pitching them to switch to their product and they're like, well, it's a faster installation process, mm -hmm. but they're not taking into account like, right, but I have to learn that faster installation process. So it's a faster installation process eventually, but for, for this job, for the next job, for the next three jobs while I'm training my guys and gals to for your specific process, it's slower. Yeah, well, you have to marry it up against another problem, and that is, you know, more so the material procurement, the, the labour. Not only quantitatively, but qualitatively, the labour pool is always a problem, particularly in this market, right? So if you're a contractor and you're trying to train your team, you're not even sure that you know the last name or the first name of the people that you're trying to train sometimes, right? So how can a manufacturer be contributory there? I mean, there are solutions and it's a question of how can I start solving some of those problems, which kind of gets us to a bigger conceptual idea, right? Which is if we spend a little bit more time thinking about our customer and, and our customer's pain points rather than our own pain points, that time can be really valuable in terms of driving our results in the market. Let's unpack that if we can, Steve, because I think... For a lot of manufacturers listening, 
I think you're probably similar to a lot of them, maybe more than you think, because you're selling a very new idea to a lot of contractors and mm-hmm. professionals, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're at the precipice of like of change management, if you will, like getting them to change their perspective on how they do their business. It's not just try a new product. It's, hey, the way that you do every job and do every project needs to change in order to succeed. That's a big part of what you're selling. I'm curious to get your take on how are you approaching the pro contractor you know, custom builder to get them to have that aha moment where they want to try what you've got in front of them and how are you hooking them? And the reason why I'm asking is because for a lot of manufacturers, they want to learn how to do this. Granted, things are very hot right now. You know, it's if you've got product, people are going to buy it, but we always need to be sharpening our ability to sell products and sell new products into a market. And so if you can unpack that for us a bit and help us understand how you're getting in the head of your customer and really understanding what's working for you, I think that'd be super valuable. Uh, yeah, I'll try to get not too wonky on this for you, but what, it is how I talk with my team, right? So, I, you know, I would argue that none of us really have sold anything to anybody, right? If you really think about the transaction process, the salesman can push at the door all day, but the buyer has to be the one that makes the decision, right? So if you subscribe to that, then all we can do is create an environment within which people will buy from us. Right? Now, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about BuildExact. I had to do that before I made a decision to get involved with the, with the company, right? So in the process of doing that, I went through a lot of test and validate questions and, and I went down several rabbit holes and came back. But I had to arrive at a lot of conclusions to get to where I am today and to have the opinion that this is a really good idea. So the least I can do is take my prospects through that journey as well. And I think in terms of selling building materials, you have to say, why is this product good? How did we arrive at this conclusion? Oh, well, we did all this testing. We, we've got proof of concept over here. We've done all this. Well, you've probably forgotten all of those things that you've already determined a validation of why you've decided your product's a good product for this contract to buy. So you've got to draw back down and bring that into his world and his pain points and just marry them up. And if you do that, you'll create an environment within which someone will buy from you. I love that. Yeah, sorry. It's a bit wonky, but... No, it's good. No, I think it's perfect. So we spend time talking with manufacturers about something similar when we talk about messaging. There's, you're so close. You know, you look at everything in just micro, microscopic, because this you live and breathe this every day. You've forgotten what the actual reason your products exists is. You've forgotten that they're here to solve this problem. It's and you get so deep into like value proposition and features and benefits and us versus them versus pulling back up really big to remind you why are you here in the first place. I love that. I think that positioning is is just absolutely incredible. Give you an example of where intent matters. You know, I've spent the better part of 25 years going to, or my team collectively goes to almost 50 trade shows a year around the world. And I always love, first of all, I love going to trade shows, right? I, and I love going to factory floors, the mechanics and the machinery. It's really fun, right? And I walk in and I see some of these stands and, and the first thing he goes, oh, my God, how much did they spend on their stand? That's got to be half a million, that's going to be a million dollars at least. You go to Bau in Germany and you know, there's $2 million on that stand, right? Now, I'm a buyer. 
and I'll go on to the stand and we'll have a great conversation and I'll get back home and I usually allow a week after a trade show to see if anybody's feeding anything. Do you know how many of those manufacturers actually follow up? Tell me. I'm dying to know. Tell me. Tell me. Almost none. Mm-hmm. They spend all their money on that booth and they don't do the really important thing, which is to build on the relationship that they set out to establish. So it's an intention thing, right? Or another way to put it is it's not hard to find somebody who wants to sell something, right? It's finding someone who wants to buy something, right? And once you find somebody who wants to buy something, the investment in time and intent around serving that relationship should be quite high, right? Agreed. And I, I really think that certainly manufacturers, I mean, I, to the manufacturing industry's credit, I think true innovation in this industry is coming off of the manufacturing floor. We get new materials. Technology comes into play, allows us to produce new materials. You know, I was introduced to a company just two weeks ago out of Australia that's producing this uh, solid lumber replacement material using a combination of new chemical resins using veneers, right? So great technology is going to change the game, right? So the manufacturers are in a better position than most to really actually drive innovation in the market, but it's just that piece. Okay, what does this mean to my customer? What does it mean to training my labour force? What does it mean to my insurance risk if I, you know, bring in an untested building component? How does this relate to the other building components that I'm bringing in? How does it affect my timeline and my project, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera? And that's the work I just don't see being done. Steve, you've been in the industry. You've sold products to the industry. Now you're selling technology to the industry. What do you think is the next big thing that's going to change or shift in our market? What do you see that's going to happen that maybe people are not thinking about that's in front of us? Oh, there's a lot going on. That's a really good question. You know, I, I would point everybody to the World Economic Forum. We, the World Economic Forum has a program run right now. I think Boston Consulting Group is doing a lot of the heavy lifting, and they call it the Fourth Industrial Revolution. And what they're addressing, and you see it with the current administration and the discussion about spend on infrastructure, you could lay that across environmental factors. The built environment is ripe um, for reinvestment. And so the amount of resources going to come into the built environment over the next few years in Europe, in in North America, in Asia, is going to be mind-blowing. It's just a wonderful time to be alive. Right. So the World Economic Forum talks about this fourth industrial revolution and they talk about a number of things, data and the use of data to, to better understand your customer, communications technology to be able to interact with your customer with more authority. But they also spend a lot of time on advanced building materials and pre-construction technologies, etc. I think in the last couple of weeks, I think within the last two weeks, the first ever 3D printed house was sold in North America. I saw that. Yeah. Where was that? There's also, I saw one in Texas. I think it was in the Northeast. Yeah, there's one in the Northeast too. Yeah. There's a development, I think in Rancho Mirage in California, that's all going to be 3D printed. They're, they're uh, pre-selling. And I think there's another project in Austin doing the same thing. Obviously, that technology, I think, is going to be adopted mostly by larger corporate type entities and the production end of the construction industry, right? So that's going to start spinning a lot of wheels. 
So, you know, for us at BuildExact, we kind of anticipate this. We think that in our custom home, builders and remodelers are not going to be early adopters of this and they're going to become extremely valuable to the conventional supply chain and conventional products. So, you know, just yet another wind at our back in terms of how we've positioned in the market. This is going to be significant and it's coming at us faster than we think. What do you think it looks like, like five years from now? Um, look, there's a lot of disruptions. We see that there's a lot of institutional money coming into this space, whether it's actually owner of capital, you know, converting traditional home ownership into permanent renter environments. This is serious capital coming in and it's capturing the housing stock in this country. It'll do that with Greenfields development as well. But you have institutional money. I think in the case of that first home sold, I think it sold at 40% below the market price and they did declare the margin, the gross margin on the, on the 3D printed home was still extremely healthy. So if those metrics are, are, are true and scalable, the adoption will be fast. And of course, that's going to cut out a lot of component building pieces on a large volume of new home construction. Totally fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you consider the, you know, the fact that, I mean, the Fed recently raised rates a little bit. I mean, they're still at historic lows, you know. Yes. Yeah. By any standard. Yeah. Yeah. The more affordable you can make a home, the better it's going to be for entry level housing. Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people, especially who are trying to get entry level, there's just not supply. You know, yeah. there really isn't. What did I see that stat recently? Did you see that, Beth? It was like, mm-hmm. did you hear about this, Steve? There are more realtors in America than there is inventory for homes to be sold. <laughs> did you see that? Wild times, man. Totally wild times. Yeah. Well, I think, look, it's extraordinary. Like I said earlier, it's a great time to be alive, right? It's extraordinary. Even if you just take in a more topical or tactical view of things, put our feet on the ground for a minute and just look at the kind of demand. You know, I've, I've had three conversations today already with suppliers in this industry who are actually creating quotas and applying quotas to their good clients not being able to fully allocate product to them just to try to keep everybody happy because they're so constrained on supply. It's a one-time opportunity to come in and create a new relationship with a client that you might not otherwise have been able to create. But you've got to recognise that's just the beachhead. Once you do that, then you've got to turn that into a permanent change in behaviour, right? But it is quite a unique time and, and it creates a lot of opportunity. Steve, you've been in the industry for such a long time and had so many different vantage points. I'd love to hear from you what advice you would have for manufacturers when they are thinking about selling and marketing their materials to the pro audience. I think that the custom home pro uh, audience, I might sound contradictory here, Whilst there's inertia about means and methods, they still want to innovate and they're striving for innovation. So if you can look at the risks involved in innovation from their perspective and solve for it, answer the questions in advance in your collateral, then you're going to go a long way. And I think the other piece is also to understand your component piece of a system So to understand the relationship of your product to the whole, I mean, which I'm sure most manufacturers do, I apologise if I'm oversimplifying things, but they're they're really important keys to changing behaviour and changing uh, buying patterns. 
So I think if there was one thing you could leave is that as an organisation, um, do you have any time in your organisation where you're focused outward, right, where you actually dedicate that time in your organisation and say, what's my customer thinking? What pains is my customer dealing with today? What problems do they have that we could solve that we don't evidently see? And I think if the organisation, you know, gave 90 minutes of that, you know, once a month, they might see some real opportunities to move the needle. That's great. I love that. So practical too. Yeah. I love it. Steve, this has been great, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. For our listeners, if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? So my email address, my first name and, and last initial, so Stephen Y at buildexact.com. Uh, so it's Stephen with a PH. And if that doesn't work, um, Zach will be able to pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure we link to that in our show notes. That's great. We are going to be reaching, and BMBO will be helping us. We're going to be reaching out to, to the manufacturing community over the next 12 to 18 months um, with some of the tools I alluded to earlier to help do exactly what we've talked about today. So maybe I'll get to meet some of the listeners uh, over the next few months. Absolutely. Yeah. And we encourage people, you know, reach out to Steve if you're interested and hear more about what they have. It's a shameless plug. I, I was on a recent panel and Steve's company sponsored it. And it was pretty neat to get like see a little demo. It was, it was really cool. I was very impressed, but Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. And for our listeners, if you like this content, make sure you go to our website, venvio.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.